0: paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus paramount plus official streaming partner of the national park foundation paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of zen are you still listening good take a deep breath you needed a break this Earth Week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Go 24-7 Podcast. Bryce Coon alongside Glenn West, as man, we are it's getting chilly. We're approaching actual cold weather temperatures and glenn i might have to wear a jacket this weekend I was a little chilly in that press box on uh on saturday but hey man it's football weather and we get another saturday night in death valley uh man how excited are you just to uh, be able to be at home sleep in your own bed and uh cover a football game
2: yeah i've been enjoying this weather been outside a lot more recently been putting on the jackets and going on walks and runs and stuff so uh yeah it's been it's been really good and um you know i think lsu's probably you know thinking that they're glad to be home too i mean look they they were on the road for a while um with those two road games and um Mm -hmm. just to yeah be back in the comfort of their own area bed home just yeah it's, it's all all good i guess you know for from that perspective and you've got a lot of the the remaining schedule at home too so that's
1: always good well, we appreciate you tuning in. Whether it's on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a like and a review there as well. Glenn Army coming up this week. This is one of those matchups where you have to play discipline. You have to play smart, tough football, and you can't overlook an Army team that is undergoing a transition. Uh, they're not the you know typical or typical. Um, I almost messed the words up there. Typical triple option uh, attack. This is going to look a little bit different. They've thrown more passes through six games or almost as much as they did the entire season last year, but there's still going to be a lot of eye candy, still a lot of discipline. So let's start with the defense here, Glenn. I mean, this is a challenge to maintain that physical physicality and also maintain emotionally the standard coming off of a great game against Auburn. You know, you can't have a letdown performance here against a team that will love to control the clock and would love to uh to leave baton rouge with an upset victory
2: yeah i mean you definitely want to carry this through and i think a big part of the message this week you know and rightfully so has been not only just about the on the field game but just the the significance of this matchup off the field Mm -hmm. as well bringing in a team like army uh haven't played that program in since 1931 just doing the research there i mean like they've uh, only played one time before, and an army won that game pretty pretty handily back in the 1930s during the early Great Depression. So, this isn't a, a series that has a lot of history or anything like that. But certainly, when you welcome in a, a you know a military team like this, that um, you know there there there's there's some extra. Mm -hmm. extra stuff uh, you know kind of involved with this game and uh, certainly with what those young men are going to be doing for for the country and and all that after the game uh, after their careers in college are over so um, you know it's been a you know from the players from Brian Kelly it's been a lot about respect and paying respect to those guys when they come down here and so Um, You know, I do think that's going to be kind of woven into the fabric of this game as well. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. They say they have a couple plans in place to kind of uh, make it a fun experience for those guys and certainly pay respect to them as well. So interested to see what those are. But, uh, yeah, then on the field, I mean, you you just you hope that LSU can continue to carry this over. I mean, look, this is this is a non-conference battle that, you know, um, you know, at least, Matchup wise, LSU should be able to to handily win. I mean, mm-hmm. that's no disrespect to Army. I mean, the, obviously, these are guys that are going to go fighting for our country after you know they're they're done, and that's ten hundred times more significant than anything that happens on the football field on Saturday. So, um, but just from a, a pure matchup standpoint, LSU has a lot of advantage in in this game defensively. I think probably the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for is. Uh, just focus and discipline on, on, in the run, uh, making sure that those guys are gap sound uh, that they're fitting and that they're you know, clogging up those running lanes. This is a you know a triple option offense and army runs, which is a little bit unique. I mean, LSU hasn't seen anything like this this year so far. And um, you know, every time you have to put, you know, uh, game plan for that triple option, it's, it's more of a hassle than anything just because it is so different from everything else that you face throughout the course of the year. Um, but even Brian Kelly said that they'll mix in some more passing. They've been doing a little bit more passing than they have Latin years past. And um, so Elsie's going to have to be on their toes for that as well. But um, you know, I, I just think that, you know, the, the big, the big thing here is just going to be slowing down that triple option, making sure that you're, um, gap sound, getting those guys off the field on third down, uh, not letting them break free for any big runs uh, or anything like that. So um, and then offensively, look, I mean, they're they're probably going to go down and score. I mean, the way that this offense, LSU offense is operating right now, I wouldn't be surprised if they score four or five touchdowns in a row and then maybe turn it over to a guy like Garrett Nussmeyer or something. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. kind of the that's the ideal scenario that I think you go into this game having. And uh, we'll see how close lsu can execute to that to that game plan but um you know i I do i do like i do think that this is going to be a a game that at least on the field uh, lsu should have no problems winning pretty handily
1: yeah i mean on paper lsu has the better talent has obviously uh, the better scheme you talked offensively i mean look army comes in here and uh jeff munkin the head coach longtime head coach has had good success at army um he he mentioned he said look their offense, I don't know how you're going to stop this because you have a quarterback putting up historical numbers. Uh, you've got receivers that are stepping up each and every single week. He mentioned Kyron Lacey as a guy that, you know, just had his breakout performance against Auburn. So it just is another piece to the puzzle for this Auburn offense or this uh, LSU offense. Going back yeah, I mean, to that look, Auburn game. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I just I, – I think that, you know, offensively you're in a groove right now I mean you just mm-hmm. mentioned what the head coach just said we feel I feel like we've heard that from every head coach for the last three or four weeks I mean Lane Kiffin said it and uh the you know free said it last week I mean like there's there's really nothing that anybody's been able to do to show that they can yeah. slow this thing down and you know we've had several pieces that, even after the Auburn game come out about just the historic nature that this offense is on there's been some talk about 2019. I mean, I've heard the the off the the 2019 uh, buzz all all week. I mean, after that game against Auburn on on Saturday, and you know, look, I, I think that there's uh, still a lot that this team has to prove. This offense has to prove in order to get there. I mean, that was a historic, not only in terms of numbers, but in terms of the the, the season and the teams that they played and the, and the undefeated run that they had. Um, don't know that this. Offense can catch that group, but they're putting Mm -hmm. up at least numbers-wise – some stuff to be rivaled with, and and, and certainly the improvement from Jaden Daniels. You've gotten the run game going with Logan Diggs. I think, you know they're going to have. There's going to be a very good case that LSU at the end of the year is not only going to have a 4,000 yard passer. They're going to have two thousand one, uh, two 1,000 yard receivers, a thousand yard rusher, and then maybe possibly two 1,000 yard rusher. Uh, with if, if if Daniels can get there, I mean that's just that's <laughs> insane stuff. I mean like that. Yeah. You don't see that ever. I mean, like I, I would have to go back and do a ton of research, but I'm not sure if that's ever been done in college football history. I mean, that's just really, really tough to do. Um, and and it's all a testament to this group and and certainly the coaching staff that that has found ways to get these guys uh, involved. Um, and, and 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 it's it's on these players too. I mean, look, Brian Thomas has been an extremely Uh, improved player since the even the fall when we saw him when he was not exactly flashing every day like he has uh, at every game this year I mean he he had some struggles I think uh, in in fall camp as did some other guys but they turned it around very quickly Jaden Daniels is operating at a level that I mean only we've only seen Joe Burrow operate at in in, in, in an LSU uniform at the quarterback position and um, you know I've also seen some stuff about you know he hasn't you know, they haven't faced a ton of elite defenses over the last couple of weeks. Well, you know what? You still got to go out there and 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 prove it with that efficiency. I mean, even yeah. even quarterbacks that don't face that kind of level of competition every week, you know, they, they, they don't put up those numbers, not the average quarterbacks, not the good yeah. quarterbacks. The, the great ones do. And I think that Jaden has proven that he can be a great quarterback. And uh, certainly that test in a couple of weeks in Tuscaloosa is going to tell us a lot about this team and a lot about this offense, but... The way that they're rolling right now, um, I, I think all of that, all of those goals are within reach. All of those stats are within reach, and uh, we'll just see how it has to play out. But you know, they're they're in a really really good spot offensively.
1: Yeah, they're in a great spot offensively, and I think too, Glenn, when you look at the unpredictability of what this offense can do. It's not just one guy. I mean, uh, I was looking at the game and and Malik neighbors talked a little bit about this and we'll have a piece later out this afternoon about all the different weapons. The diversity of this offense has been something we've talked a lot about, but they'll run that little pop pass, you know, where it's, you know, it's kind of essentially like a jet sweep and Daniel's just tosses it to the guy in front of them. It's been neighbors. They ran it with Aaron Anderson. They've run it with Brian Thomas. Um, you can't key in on one guy like a defense can't just say, "Okay, we know Anderson's on the field. This is what they're running." Wanted go back to you because I know you liked watched this a lot last year. It feels like Denbrock feels feels more comfortable. Neighbors oh, even yeah. talked about that. I mean, talk about just last year to this year and what we're seeing in the creativity of this offense. Oh, it's it's no comparison. I mean, there's they they're light years ahead of where
2: they were last year. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of the returning continuity you have. Uh, not only at quarterback and at receiver, um, certainly on the offensive line as well. Um, but, you know, I, I like that you brought up that play um, because we we talk with neighbors about this, and I'm sure you're going to get into it with your piece here. Mm-hmm. That's just That's just another way that they are kind of getting these guys in rhythm early in games. You know, it's not yeah. – they don't always have to take the deep shots. They'll take the deep shots when they're there. But especially for a guy like Neighbors, who they move across the field a lot, and who they know teams are going to try to double team at, at times, that's just a really quick and easy route for them to just get the ball in his hands and let him go make a play. And mm-hmm. that's something that Neighbors has been able to do extremely, extremely well this year. Um, even after, I mean, after the catch, he's been insane, insanely good. And I think that's that's just. Uh, you know, an offense and a coordinator like Den Brock and 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 certainly the coaches that he has around him on the offensive side of the ball, that's just knowing what you have. And they know exactly yeah. what they have in a guy like neighbors and certainly with what Brian Thomas has been able to do uh in that respect as well, going vertical and making those big contested catches. Um and and look when they and I think the the bigger thing here and we asked Malik about this yesterday as well is when defenses are going to start keying in on neighbors and Thomas and double teaming or trying to get an extra guy, just kind of in that area of where they are at. That's when Jaden's really been able to utilize his legs. I mean, that, I mean, the field really opens up for him when they have, you know, all those guys dropping back in coverage, trying to defend those those receivers. And it's just really opened up another element to this offense. I mean, we always knew that Jaden could run. Um, but the the biggest thing here, I think, is that it's not the the quarterback design runs that are working so well. It's when things are, are not there for him in the deep part of the field because he's mm-hmm. been taking those shots, that he's able to still scamper out and get 15, 20 yards and make guys miss and break tackles and score touchdowns. Um, and that's really really exciting I mean that that is I mean that I'm trying to remember I think the the first touchdown of the fourth quarter against Missouri that was a deep shot play that they were trying to get to one of the receivers and Jaden just kind of wove in and out of the defense and scored from like 35 yards out broke I don't know how many tackles made I don't know how many guys (laughs) missed but uh, that was not a quarterback design run I don't think
0: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check
2: Um, and, 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 and that's just, that's just another way that he and and this offense have been able to execute because Missouri respected the fact that they were looking to go deep with the ball and they took that away from him. And he's like, all right, well, I'll just beat you with my legs instead. So there's really no element of this offense right now that isn't working. Um, and that's really, really impressive to to see. Um, and that's why they're having so much success and scoring at such an efficient rate.
1: Want to add on to that too? Jesse Palmer talked about he was the color analyst for the Auburn game. Um, he talked about when it's man coverage and Daniel sees they've got the deep routes going. It's he really doesn't read it. He just takes off when he sees about 5, 10, 15 yards. Like whether that's a kind of a green light from Denbrock of saying, "Hey, go!" I mean, that's it's it's just so dangerous. Wanted to get your thoughts on this before we kind of. Take a little look at the defense. I want to talk about, you know, the, the front seven. This offensive line lost Emory Jones. Zalance Hurd's going to probably get the start this weekend if Jones can't go. Your thoughts on Zalance Hurd and this opportunity that he has now to really gain some momentum. Because I look at it this way, Glenn. If you're getting your first real start here against Army, you get the bye week to continue to work on some things. If Jones isn't ready to go in a couple weeks against Alabama, this week's really pivotal for Zalance to get those reps in and, for lack of better words, get some of those mistakes out of the way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I mean, when you know, a couple weeks ago when he was kind of rotating in and out with Miles Frazier, uh, when they were doing that little rotation there where Hurd would come in at right tackle and Frazier mm-hmm. would go out and Jones would slide into guard, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought that might be the best version of this offensive line, uh, if if they were able to make it work. It wasn't really working all that great. I mean, there were there were times where Jones was getting blown up on the inside, and I think it was just a little bit more of a transition for for both of those guys to kind of handle that. Um, so they went back to what's what's been working and. You know they've they've been really good the last several weeks with with Frazier at right guard and Jones with right tackle, but it's also limited the opportunities that Zelance hurt has had. Um, and so now you know with Jones out, this is a really good opportunity for this true freshman to really uh, take you know take hold of his future. I mean, the, the future yeah. is going to be him at right tackle, uh, and then eventually at left tackle once Will Campbell leaves. So um, you know I, I think this is going to be a really great game for him. It's going to be his first start um in in his college career he's played a lot already but uh he's been more of a rotational guy to this point how he handles you know 65 70 snaps if that's kind of what uh winds up happening um be very interested to see what happens there um and, and to your point about emory jones it sounds like that they're not too too concerned about him mm-hmm. missing that that Bama game in a couple of weeks. So I do feel like it's important we throw that out. But mm-hmm. in that case, if he is not ready, if he's not quite as ready, you absolutely need this game for her to to kind of get his feet wet for a full game and see, uh, just just kind of be out there and fill those elements for a full game. I think that is really important for for a guy like him. And you know, he handled himself really well. I thought against Auburn and, and did a really nice job. Um, offense didn't really seem to skip a beat much when he was out there to be honest with you they scored four touchdowns on four drives in the second half when he was in there Um, they were moving the ball pretty proficiently I mean he had one holding call and one false start I believe but um, it was also a kind of an uncharacteristic game where I think the offensive line had three uh, false start penalties throughout the course of the game so um, they're certainly not all on him so Uh, But, yeah, I I think it's going to be really, really important for him and and for LSU to kind of see what they have uh, when he's out there for a full game.
1: Agreed. Agreed. I agree with that. I think that, look, you have a guy that um, is is going to grow into this role no matter what, and I think that's what's important, that we continue to see him grow, we continue to see him learn because he's going to be a big piece of this offense. He's going to be a big piece of the future of LSU, and, uh, man – you know, from as much people say, Army's a weird game to schedule in the middle of the year. Here's a perfect opportunity for a guy to get some meaningful reps and kind of learn uh, against an opponent that, like you said, no slight to Army, but this is not going to be in Alabama. It's not going to be an A and M with an elite defensive line. Let's get to one more topic here that I think is really interesting. Um, we talked with Paris Shan yesterday, and uh, I decided I didn't. I decided not to quote myself in the question, Glenn. I actually answered Paris's question before he did, but. Yeah. You, you talked a little bit about Makai Wingo, and if, if he can't go, and I think he was listed as doubtful, obviously we'll learn more tomorrow, Thursday. If he's listed as doubtful in this game, the emergence of a guy like Paris Shan, Jacoby and Guillory, Jordan Jefferson, as this season is gone, does it help? Um, I mean, we know the opponent, but for you, does it help feel a little bit more comfortable about this defensive line losing, which has arguably been, in my opinion, probably the best player from week one to week seven?
2: Yeah, and to be, to be um, you know, just to kind of put this all out there, I think the reason that Makai Wingo is not going to be playing in this game is because they want him to be completely healthy or at least as close to healthy as possible for Bama. I mean, this is yep. just a natural thing that happens when you have some guys that are maybe a little bit more banged up than others. Um, and it's important to note that Wingo played the entire game against Auburn. It's not like he went out with an injury or anything like that, too. So I, I, I do think that, you know, they, they expect, both those guys, Jones and Wingo, to be back for Bama. I think this just gives them extra time to rest and heal and rehab, whatever they got going on right now. Um, But to your point, this is a a really big opportunity for guys like Shand and Jefferson and Guillory, um, guys who have been rotational pieces but been very instrumental uh, rotational pieces, I think, to some of the resurgence that we've seen from this D-line over the last couple weeks. I mean, Shand was a guy that had a career – or a season-high six tackles – one and a half mm-hmm. tackles for a loss. He had a pass deflection, I think, in there as well. Uh, really looked smooth coming off at defensive end. Uh, did a really nice job of getting some pressure there on Auburn in the second half, in particular. Um, really like what he what he showed, and I think there's some versatility there. You know, I don't know that he'll play a ton inside, but um, especially when you've got Mason Smith and Jacobian Guillory and 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 Jordan Jefferson, but. They also liked playing Mason Smith for the last couple of weeks on that DN spot as well. And so if there's a situation that arises where one of those guys goes out for whatever reason, you can slide. I think you can slide Chand in and he can certainly hold his own against yeah. an Auburn team uh, or against an Army team in that interior spot if they if they ask him to. And that was the question that I had for him is. Do you think there's some versatility there in your game? And he says I'll play wherever they want me to play, and, <laughs> and so you know it's it's good to have that kind of confidence and, and and have that kind of versatility with your game. And I think LSU understands that as well. So we'll be interested to see just kind of how this front seven holds up. I mean, that's going to be, I think, the the biggest key to the game is is just how those guys communicate and on the on the on the front line and and are able to wrap up and finish plays and, and, and make tackles in, in the second level as well with Perkins and Spates and Greg Penn and uh, what weeks when he gets his opportunity. But uh, it sounds like they, you know, just in hearing what Brian Kelly was saying on Wednesday, they're really going to lean into Omar. Uh, they really like what he can do from run game perspective and fitting and being able to fill those gaps as an inside linebacker. So uh, wouldn't expect that you see a ton of wit wh- weeks early, just like last week. I think that they feel really comfortable with the experience that Omar Spates gives them when healthy. And uh, I think that's going to be another uh, element that they kind of lean into, I think, this weekend against, uh, against
1: Army. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Army LSU in Death Valley. Glenn, we'll get to predictions later on the week, but I know you mentioned earlier any final thoughts from this game, something you're excited to watch or, uh, you know, just, just in general. I, I will say I'm excited to watch the atmosphere. I think this is going to yeah. be one of the really cool, unique non-conference atmospheres that you see at LSU.
2: Yeah, yeah, and like, like- – I don't think you're going to have a situation here where there's going to be fans booing Army coming out on the field pregame or anything like that. At least I would hope not. I would really <laughs> hope that's not the case. But um, you never know with, with, with LSU fans and with these rowdy SEC fans. So you never know. But, uh, you know, look, I, I'm excited about the atmosphere. I'm excited to see what kind of extra uh, – flair or f- festivities they have planned for for this game and, and giving those guys their their due respect and appreciation uh that's all very much deserved um so yeah that'll be very fun and then i'll be interested to see i mean look you go into this game thinking that lsu is going to be able to pull away pretty early i'll be interested to see if they get some of the younger guys involved if we see a shelton sampson who we haven't seen in several yeah. weeks or kyle parker or some of these younger receivers who are not even really close to the, the, um, the four-game threshold right now of, of keeping their red shirt, Jalen Brown or somebody like that. Like, I would really like to see some of those guys get some opportunities. And, uh, you know, I think if LSU's in a position where they're up four or five touchdowns, they're not going to just bring Nussmeyer out and let them fling it around and, and run up the score um so that might leave opportunities open for for the running backs that haven't been able to play as much recently as well so Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin maybe who we haven't seen much of this year or Kevontre Bradford who just seemingly disappeared after the second game of the season (laughs) um so yeah I mean I I think Caleb Jackson the freshman who has had a couple of carries here and there and certainly is proven to be an explosive player when he gets those chances maybe he gets a few more opportunities in a game like this so i I am interested to see just kind of how they balance all that if they're able to jump out pretty quickly uh but but more so the atmosphere and certainly paying respect to to those army guys who are going to be fighting for something much bigger than a football game uh, once they're done with their careers
1: It's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, You know, like you mentioned, I can't wait to see kind of – this is one of those opportunities to see some really good, the pageantry of college football and obviously what our nation has going on as well. Bryce Coon, Glenn West, appreciate you so much for tuning in to this preview pod. We're going to have a great podcast tomorrow. Myself and Sonny Ship and all the recruiting news. If you don't know what's going on, it's a great opportunity for you to get involved over. At you Go guys can probably 7. talk for
2: two hours tomorrow about recruiting it, stuff.
1: It's going to be the longest podcast I think Sonny and I have ever done. But you know, Sonny can talk and I like to talk, so we'll, we'll, we'll have a good time. But make sure, if you want to be a part of that and you don't know where this is and this is your first time listening or watching, if you're on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe, set up notifications. You know when the new content comes out. And the same thing, Spotify, Apple Pod Google Podcasts, wherever you might get it. We appreciate you being a part of the Go 24-7 family, and we will catch you next time here on the Go 24-7.
0: The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network.